Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ, our healer. Uh, Let me know if this has been an encouragement to you or not. I hope it has been an encouragement uh, because, of course, it is really encouraging to know that Christ is, in fact, our healer. Uh, In fact, there's hardly anything that is more encouraging than to know that. Of course, uh, maybe the only thing that is even greater than that is to realize that he is our Savior, uh, Savior from our sin. But of course, that is where the outflowing of him being our healer comes from, is because sin is the thing that brought sickness. So obviously, we come and we see that Christ, wanting to come and to save us from our sin, he also wants to go and to make right what we have made wrong. And ultimately, he will do that. Uh, it, it is appointed for man to die once, and then after that judgment, we, you will be resurrected. The question is, is where will you spend eternity? If you spend eternity in heaven, of course, you're going to live in complete healing, but that doesn't mean that he cannot give healing on this earth. And we can kind of understand it in this way. While living on this earth, you are still surrounded by sin. In fact, you're going to continue to sin in your life, but that does not mean that you will not have victory over sin, and he has given you victory over sin. And so you can choose not to sin in the same way here that one day, of course, death will come into our bodies unless uh, the rapture comes before that. We can't have healing here. To say that we can't have healing here would be to say that we can't have victory over sin here. If you can't have victory over sin here, well, then you can't really repent. If you can't really repent, then he's you know, going and commanding you to do something that you can't do that he's not even enabling you to do. And there's all kinds of problems there. So I certainly hope that you believe in his healing and you can see in his healing. That doesn't change the fact that one day we will all uh, pass away and and die. Uh, That doesn't change that fact because there is original sin. We do live in a sin-cursed world. And of course, all of us have sinned as well. But that doesn't change the fact at all that there can be healing. Today, though, we're going to continue on, and we're going to be reading Matthew from Matthew chapter 12. I'm not going to read the whole chapter today. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 30, but there's a couple of things that I really want to point out here in Matthew chapter 12. And so let's go ahead and let's read that. It says this in Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 1, going through verse 30, it says this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry, and he began and began to pluck the heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? Now how he entered into the house of God and he ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read how in the law on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, when he had departed from there, he went to the synagogue. And behold, there was a man with a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you? Who has a sheep, and if it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. 
of how much more value then is a man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched, out, stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. And the Pharisees went out and they plotted against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and the great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet, he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken in Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will any hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory." And in his name, Gentiles will trust. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. And he healed him, so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Now, the first thing that I want us to see here is to go back to this idea of the Sabbath, and specifically the man with the withered hand who is going and being healed on the Sabbath, because this is uh, this is something that is really important to understand the heart of God. And to understand healing, I really think we do need to see the heart of God. Where, where is God's heart in the matter? You see, when it comes to, to this idea, you have the, this whole concept of, of people challenging Jesus on the Sabbath. Okay, is it lawful to do this on the Sabbath? Is it right to do this on the Sabbath? Is it wrong to do this on the Sabbath? And, and they're making all of these, these rules and these restrictive things, and they're going in there saying, look, look, God's laws stand alone, and they're not really meant to be applied into real life. There's, there's not a real-life application to the laws of God and to the, the, the rules that God sets forth. That's really what they're saying, that they're taking away application from God's laws. And Jesus goes and says, now hold on, don't you remember David? Don't you remember uh, don't you realize that even in the law, it goes and it says that the priests, they, they would go and profane the Sabbath because they're working in order to make these things happen, and yet they're blessed in that. So I don't think you're quite understanding that the laws of God actually apply to real life. These things actually do apply. And then they go and they directly challenge him. Is it right to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, well, yeah, of course it's right to heal on the Sabbath. And the man goes and he stretches forth his hand and he heals him. And they're like, we, we got to get this guy here. He's a Sabbath breaker. Well, Jesus was not a Sabbath breaker. Not at all. They didn't understand the Sabbath because they're not understanding the heart of God. 
But in this, specifically when we look at it for healing, we can understand and see the heart of God. God wanted this man to be healed. He wanted this man to be healed. Now, that doesn't mean that there's there's not qualifications. That doesn't mean that there's not guidelines that you have to meet. That doesn't mean that there's no responsibility on the part of man, because there certainly is. But I want you to understand that that doesn't change the heart of God. God's heart is for healing. And when we go and we stop and we we look at these things, and there's many people who go and they do this, and, and they think, well, I don't know if God wants to see people healed. Well, we do know. We do know that he wants to see people healed, even on the Sabbath, e- even when, when, when it would seem to go against what, what rules man has put out there. God wants to see people healed. That, Like I said, this doesn't change the fact that there's qualifications, doesn't change the fact that there's responsibilities of man, doesn't change the fact that there are things that he demands, conditions that he demands that man meets. Doesn't change any of that. But what we do see is the heart of God. God wants to see people healed. Now, the second thing that I want us to to, to note and to understand in this passage, because I think this is an important one, especially when it comes to defending the doctrine of healing and that Jesus is a healer. And and, and we see this demon-possessed man who was uh, blind and, and mute, and uh, and Jesus healed him, is what it says. Now, of course, he was demon-possessed. Now, we need to understand something. Some sicknesses do come from demon possession. It's, it's a reality, and it's one that we don't talk about much in the United States. It's not every sickness. Every time you get a cold, every time you get, get the sniffles, uh, even if you get something big like cancer or something like that, that doesn't mean that you're demon-possessed. But there are some sicknesses, illnesses, diseases, whatever it might be, that, that do come with demon possession. It's, it's the reality of it. And I think that this is something that we do need to understand in our day and age specifically because we're going in, we're calling a lot of mental illnesses, <clears throat> mental illnesses when we should be calling them demon possessions a lot of times. You know, uh, be, before I w- was a pastor, one of the jobs that I had, and I just worked this very briefly, uh, but I worked for uh, for a company where I would go and take uh, mentally handicapped people, and um, I would supervise them as they would go and do specific jobs. And, and so I would go and go out and supervise uh, their work, and you'd have to go and report on all this stuff and things like that. Well, in this, there was a man who um, was was just the sweetest man is the reality of it. He was just just the sweetest. Um, he, he was kind of an older man, not, not super old, but, you know, a little bit on the upper middle aged, uh, you know, getting near that old, but, uh, but he was, he was just the sweetest man, but he was disturbed. He had a voice that he heard. And uh, interestingly, he, he often called him Batman. Um, and Sarah, my wife also worked, uh, for the same company in, in a very similar job, uh, there. And in fact, we, we, both supervised this man on different jobs. And you could go and see from when we would go and take him out that this voice, this uh, this 
this disturbance, or I'll, I'll just say what it is, it was a demon, um, would go and it would flare up much more while we were there. It's, it's the reality of it. That, that's what would happen. You could go and look in the notes and you could see that, huh? You know, no disturbances, no disturbances, no disturbances. Well, there it is. There it is. There it is. And you could always mark it with uh, me and Sarah, me and Sarah, when, whenever we're taking him out. And I remember one time, just out of the blue, and I hadn't talked to him about church. I hadn't talked to him about any of that. He just goes and, and, and he says, says uh, the, the monster says, don't go to church. And I said, well, that's, that's kind of a strange thing um, for this, this monster to go and to, to say. And, uh, and, and then he goes and he says, and the monster says, he called him not just Batman is, is what he was, talked to this voice in his head, but, uh, then, then he changed into the monster sometimes too. And, and he goes, he says, the, the monster says not to listen to anything that you're saying. And the man wasn't trying to get out of his work. He was actually physically in, in, in pain you could see because he, he in fact, I, I, I caught him going and holding his head, going and telling this demon, no, 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 because he didn't want to hear those things. Well, the obvious thing is, is that this was a demon. This was a demon that the man had, and it, it gave him great, uh, you know, mental, in, like he was greatly mentally impaired. He was greatly disturbed. He was he he was very much affected in his life because of this demonic possession that was going on. And Jesus, though, in this passage, goes and casts out a demon, and this healed the man because the demon is the one who brought the muteness and the blindness. I, I don't know if muteness is the right word, but he was mute, and he brought the blindness into this man's life. And Jesus goes and he heals him. He goes and he heals him. And isn't that incredible to just stop and to think and to realize? But I want you to understand that there are sicknesses that are caused by demons. That's that's a reality of it, whether it's an illness, a disease, however you want to go and look at that. But also, I want you to notice that there are some people who will go and say, well, now hold on here. Um, I, I don't believe in healing. I, I just don't believe that that's for today. Obviously, there are, you know, there, there, there are some skeptics who probably would say that it didn't happen in the Bible, but probably the more mainstream view is to go and to say, um, I believe they happened in the Bible, but I don't believe they happened today. And then if you go and you see somebody and you give an account of healing or something like that, they'll go and say, well, that was just fake. That was just fake. That was just fake. And, uh, or, uh, man, they're just demon possessed or something like that. Well, understand something. There are fake things that happen. There, there certainly are fake things that happen. And understand something as well. There are people who are demon possessed and they're using it in the name of Jesus, uh, that demon possessions, and they're uh, listening to the wrong voices and they're, um, they're, they're giving themselves over to demons. Uh, that is absolutely true. That's, that, that certainly happens. But we also need to realize that some of these accusations are the exact same accusations that Jesus had leveled at him by the Pharisees. Is it right to heal today? 
Is today the right day to heal? Well, yeah, God wants to heal people. Gosh, if you say that you that 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 somebody could be healed, you're you're just demon possessed. Well, that's what they said about Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Well, he said, "Can a house divided against itself stand?" The answer is no. It's a rhetorical question, saying you're being illogical here. Why would the devil go and do legitimately good works? He wouldn't because he's not good. But you know what the devil is? The devil is the father of lies. That's for sure. So you can actually go and inspect and look at the fruit and see the reality there. But Christ really is our healer. He really is. That's the reality of it. It says in verse 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. This is when he knew that the, the, the Pharisees were out to get him. And the great multitude followed him. And what did he do? Did he stop healing and go, oh no, people are out after me. Now it says, and he healed them all. He healed them all. That's the heart of God. God wants everyone to be healed. Now notice, those who didn't follow him didn't get healed. They weren't part of that all. They weren't there. There are conditions to being healed. But that doesn't change the heart of God. God's heart is that he has compassion for you. He wants you to be healed. He just says, look, there are conditions that you must meet. We're going to continue looking at those conditions. We're going to continue looking at the healings of Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue seeing the heart of God in the series. Well, thank you for listening. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart today. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising, then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now while you wait, lift up a victory shout. Though you Yet see it, you can believe it, the work is already done.